Okay, so welcome back to another edition of the Nerdcast. My name is Daniel, and today I am joined by none other than the the, the advanced combat actor combatant. I keep I, I gotta work <laughs> on that. Chelsea Thompson, say hello. Hi, one day, guys, one day I'll get. I, you keep you keep plugging that I passed. It makes me grin. Thanks for that. Um, hi. We are also joined by most excellent guest this week. We are. Daniel. Um, from Intricon. Yes, joined by another Daniel. Yes, just keep it simple. That's the wrong... <laughs> I'm, I'm plugging things into all sorts of weird chords here. Uh, I don't know what's going on anymore. All right. <laughs> We've got background music still happening. Yeah, okay, there we go. Gone. Now we're set. We'll 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 figure this podcast out thing. You know, one of these podcasts, maybe around three hundred or so. I was going to say maybe by the time yeah we get hundred. Yeah, maybe. maybe. There's always room for improvement and everything. Everything. I I I'm never sure exactly which way we're actually heading with this this podcast in the first place, but every week we do it. So here we are. That's right. <laughs> we have a chance to have awesome guests like you on well, so, nice um, I Daniel I usually what we though, so you might want to reserve that assessment until later on perhaps <laughs> oh we get to have some amazing guests on this show uh, I am sure you are no different so uh, we've met already before so I, I can um, I'm fairly confident today is going to be great <laughs> well thank you <laughs> start uh, off sorry every every podcast doing a check-in just to see how everybody's been doing, how their last sort of week, couple of weeks have been. Uh, right. I guess we always like our guests to go first. So, Daniel, right. uh, how's your... Well, I don't like, I don't want to uh, spoil what's going to come up later on, but uh, with the <laughs> convention only being a couple of weeks away, I'll be doing a lot of that. But um, that aside, um, uh, I got a uh, an iPhone uh 5s the other day. I I I, uh, I always like telephones, so I try to try them all out. And I've got a, an iPhone and a BlackBerry and a and a Samsung Note, and uh, so I've been trying <laughs> to figure out what the story is with that. Um, and I've I'm getting ready for NanoRimo. I know you're not supposed to get ready for NanoRimo ahead of time, but I always find around at this time of year I I think about writing projects that I want to get done, and so. Um, I'm trying desperately not to plan ahead because that's not in the spirit of it. But uh, yeah, so I'm getting ready for that, I suppose, um, one way or another. And um, catching up with some television. Uh, been watching some uh, designated survivor, Kiefer Sutherland being Jack Bauer, being Kiefer Sutherland um, again. <laughs> and, uh, some unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, yes. And just trying to think what else. Um, now that's that's probably aside from convention stuff. That's about it. But this, the aside from convention stuff is actually not much when you've got a job as well. So, mm -hmm. as I say, perhaps later on. Chelsea, how was your week? Um, my week's been okay. Uh, now that we are fully back into school mode um, and working at a school. Um, the germs have started to circulate, as they do when you're surrounded by small children all day long. Oh, I thought that's worth uh, it. 
Um, so I've been a bit under the weather this past week. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping this week will go a little bit better than last week did. Oh, that's always not fun. We have a, a little bit of a bout of that around this, this house as well. How about you? Mm-hmm. Well, I get you surrounded by small children. You have two of them. Yes. And they bring, they bring the Petri dish of school home to you. How thoughtful of them. I know. Do you know they just like to share what happens at school? And a lot of that is, is every, every sickness known to man. <laughs> uh, yes. My, uh, my week has been uh, pretty good the last little while. Uh, we just finished with the Edmonton Expo. Uh, mm-hmm. That was uh, a, a very busy weekend. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, if you guys go up onto our website, you can see all the, the craziness that we, we got up to. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just going to pause and I'm going to shamelessly plug how awesome you and Trina are. Um, for any of our regular listeners and viewers out there who haven't yet been to the YouTube page to watch um, the video that Dan posted from the con and the interview that Trina posted from the con, I'm not going to tell you who it's with, but I'm going to tell you you should really watch it because it's pretty sweet and Trina is amazing and does an awesome interview. Um, so yeah, well, I've... I'd, Kudos to the runners of the nerd cast um, for some awesome videos and coverage at the con. They're they're spectacular. Check them out. Yeah, I'll I'll leave, I'll spoil it. Uh, <laughs> it's with Garrett Wong. <laughs> uh, but the 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 thing about that one is, uh, I did actually put the audio up as well, so it became a special nerd cast uh, for people who are who are loyal listeners. So, yeah. Anyways, that's that's that. And yes, the the interview with with Trina and Garrett was amazing. She did a fantastic job. Uh, I could not do it uh, because my nerves were just not going to be able to stand to that. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Trina was very uh, very excited to do that, and she kind of fangirled out a little bit at the beginning. So it's uh, well worth going to watch. Anyways, uh, aside from that. We did a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, the videos are all up online. Uh, go check out the YouTube channel for that. Uh, but I really do want to talk a little bit about uh, a, an escape room that I recently got a chance to uh, go to. Uh, we did a, an escape room uh, called Side Quests. Uh, it was it was a, it was a very uh, unique experience. Now I've been to a couple of escape rooms previous to this one uh and now this one uh we got a chance to do it they do things a little bit differently they do it on a a scored basis so you tally up uh, a score at the end so depending on how many puzzles you you manage to solve and uh kind of do without getting hints so every time you get a hint it knocks back your score a little bit uh but if you guys which is, is, is a great way or a great incentive for you not to get hints. Yeah. But they give you unlimited hints if you yes. want them. Right. So I, I like that. So if you really do get stuck, they can, they, they can come in. You just get knocked a little bit. It's not, not that big a deal. We were so, so close to finishing the game. Uh, we did get stuck on one of the puzzles. But every puzzle in, in there, even including the one that we got stuck on, seemed attainable 
Right. Like it, they didn't seem that far out of reach. Uh, it was, it was a lot of thinking around things, hmm. but I really liked it. It was, it wasn't too hard and it wasn't too soft on you. Like it, right. it and, and aside from that, uh, the people who are running the, running the, the escape room, they, they get really into the escape room itself as well. Yeah. So they, they do a lot of the acting and, you know, try to get you into the mood of, what's happening in in that scenario so i really like that i i really had a great time i think it was a really good place to go and check out uh the the room that we got to do was called uncle uh and it's without spoiling anything it's a little bit like if you go up on their website you can check it out uh but it's it's essentially you have a crazy uncle who's a kind of a conspiracy theorist kind of guy (laughs) And you have to, and he's missing and you have to kind of figure out why he's missing and what's going on and, right. and kind of break into his house and see all the weird things that he's got going on there. It is a lot of fun. Mm. I really did enjoy it. Uh, and yeah, uh, something to definitely go and check out if you're, if you're around uh, that area, go check out side quests. It was a lot of fun. And did, uh, uh, they write that themselves. I don't, I'm not sure if that was one of theirs or if they, it was one of the ones that you buy. Uh, I'm not sure. I like, I don't, honestly, I I don't know. I I find those with those escape rooms, the, the, if it's one that the people themselves running the place have have written, then they're a lot more invested in it. Like, I mean, anybody that writes a story wants people to read it and play it, you know? So, so in a way you, you want to make it hard, but not so hard that they can't sort of explore all of the awesome things that you wrote. Right. That's, that's part of it. Like you've created this massive dungeon or whatever it happens to be. And they, they take a left instead of a right. And then they go through the bit you don't like so much as the bit before, but. Mm. <laughs> I, I was told that there is multiple endings to some of their, their rooms. Oh, nice. That's, that's good. That is also kind of neat. Uh, the other thing was, uh, uh, yeah, like all the little bits, like when we were done the room, there's so much mess. Like, <laughs> There was a whole bunch of stuff like you, I'm like, wow, like when we're done with this, like there was a whole bunch of little pieces that you got, we got laying all over the place. I'm going, oh my, like just the cleanup of this room, like, like the reset. Oh, <laughs> interesting. It's a very interesting game. Uh, I liked, I liked the way that they had it. I liked the point system and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I am going to probably do a video review of it. Uh, a little bit later, so yeah, uh, maybe look for that a little bit later. But yes, it was really good. Thumbs up for me. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing uh, before we kind of continue on uh, with our guest tonight, uh, and that's our RPG. Now, Chelsea, you missed this week. What? I did, as I was under the weather. <laughs> I, yes. uh, I on Friday, I, I went, I went, uh, went home from work. Um, um, slept most of the day, uh, and was able to get up and visit a little bit. Um, my boyfriend's, uh, dad was in town, um, for their shared birthdays. My boyfriend's birthday was on Thursday. His dad's birthday was on Friday. So feeling a little bit well enough to be able to get in some visiting time. And then after that was done, going promptly back to bed. (laughs) But our campaign is coming to a close this week on yes. Friday. Uh, I will not be missing that finale because um, I would like to try and one-shot some more people with my <laughs> fancy rifle. 
before we call this before we call this quest quits. Yes. Yeah, so what happened is we we ended up having a an unprecedented amount of people join midway uh, through this campaign, uh, and it kind of de derailed what was going on, not in a terrible way, uh, or in a way that we just really couldn't handle, but it just kind of got messy for what the size was. Uh, we have roughly twelve people, I think playing that's a lot that is is a quite a few now we do split it up so what happens is we take one gm and he goes and does one thing while another gm goes and takes another group somewhere else and they do another quest all in the same world all the same storyline just one people one set of group is going to have a bit of a different story and they're just going to come back at the end and kind of collaborate and say hey this is what happens for the evening yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to reset, have it more focused uh, story going forward and kind of make it more easier to maintain. That's all. So a little more. more so yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited uh, to see this one uh, kind of a end and excited to see it begin and According to the amount of messages I've been getting all night, uh, everybody's over, already planning their new characters. They're I know. all planning That's new characters. They're all doing all sorts of crazy stuff right now. Uh, so yes, yes, my phone has been um, like I'm getting text messages. This, if you hear the buzzing <laughs> in the background, uh, I don't know if you can or not. Uh, that is my phone <laughs> consistently going off with messages from this group. I'm gonna make. <laughs> I'm going to make this character. I'm going to make that character. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's true. It is a, it is a, it is, well, it's been a, a, a just a, a lot of fun um, doing this campaign in the first place. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're so excited to see a, a new one start. And everyone's always excited about making new characters, right? So it's always yeah, fun. For sure. uh, Speaking of excitement over tabletop role-playing games exactly that's the reason why we did this at the end <laughs> our guest this evening daniel what's well, this is a smooth segue i'm the segue queen on the show i often get plus 10 for segues nice. um nice well played <laughs> dan it's a skill dan is working on and actually um for christmas i make homemade buttons uh, and Dan's button was plus one to segways for Christmas. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I need the um, plus one. But yes, yeah, so uh, from IntrigueCon um, to tell us all about it. So as my segue suggested, um, it is a weekend um, to play and celebrate tabletop role-playing games. Yep. It's uh, October the... Go, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, you tell us about it. When is it? Where is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's a hard habit to break. I, I run a podcast myself for, for a few years, so um, <laughs> I sometimes forget whether I'm actually answering the questions or asking the questions. Um, <laughs> so I try and go into guest mode. Um, well, thank you for asking. Um, yes, and TreatCon. Uh, it's, uh, is that good? Was that legal? Um, mm -hmm. Didn't get that bit up. Uh, so, yeah, we're running uh, 14th to the 16th of October this year. Uh, we are in the Parkdale Cromdale Community League Hall. 
which uh, is conveniently located on the LRT, sort of in the north of uh, north of Edmonton. Um, and it's 30 bucks for the weekend. Um, and before anybody tunes out, because they figure this is a commercial, I can assure you it's not, it's not a commercial. <laughs> it's not a commercial enterprise at all. Like our main goal is to uh, is to not lose money. Uh, the first year um, we ran the convention, which was uh, four years ago now. I think we lost about 75 bucks each or something like that, which was not ideal. But we figured it was going to cost them some money to get started, and then and then the second year um, we just broke even. Um, my favorite story is that uh, had we not provided free tea and coffee, um, we would have we would have broken even on the in the second year. And then last year we managed to make an extra um, four hundred dollars, um, which we then used for our deposit on the larger venue for this year. So overall, our goal is to just is it well exactly yeah, to not to not lose money and then to to get enough money for a deposit on the next year's venue each year. So if a whole bunch of people don't show up or whatever it might might happen to be, then uh, we're not going to be out of pocket and have to knock it on the head. That's a that's a major problem for conventions. They grow, they try to grow too fast, too quickly, and then consequently yeah. somebody loses a whole bunch of money, and then that's the end of it. So, so that's sort of a yeah. very brief history of how we got started. A little bit at a time. So, mm -hmm. in your fourth year, so four years ago, um, yeah. Where where did the idea come from? What was the light bulb moment to say, hey, I I run a, a, a bit more. Where did that light bulb moment come from? Well, I I, uh, I like uh, attending conventions. Like I've been to Gen Con and Origins, and my favorite convention, which is Big Bad Con in uh, in San Francisco, and uh, I just sort of looked around and realized that uh, there wasn't very much on offer here in, uh, in Canada. Um, there's CanCon, which is in, um, which is in Ottawa. Uh, and there was Underground Con, which is in, and I'm talking about role-playing conventions here, not obviously like board game conventions like 4Con mm -hmm. and so on and so forth, but yeah. uh, like dedicated role-playing conventions. And I wasn't aware of, of any really here in, uh, in Edmonton. I know some of the groups uh, have lots of local conventions, but specifically for one thing. And I, I also write role-playing games myself, so I uh, I thought, well, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity maybe for people to try some different games and and so forth. So I just thought, well, we'll put one on. One of the guys had a, a community league hall, which was pretty cheap for us to get, and uh, so we just put it on low, tried to have low overheads. Obviously, the first year overheads were not as low as we wanted them to be, but um, I think it was a good investment uh, in the long run. And I just, you know, getting to go to role-playing conventions is, it's not like your regular game. You get to play with different people. You get to play different types of games. You can try something out and and see if it's maybe something you want to uh, want to bring to your own group. But you know, role playing in general, like happens in in basements, right? Like, in, and I liken uh, role playing games, role playing groups to uh, to marriages. Like once you're uh, once you're in a relationship, you're not really looking for anybody else, right? So once you've got that three or four people around, you know, you could play with that same group for twenty years and never actually never actually meet anybody else, right? Now, I'm not endorsing swinging here, but um, if you, uh, <laughs> if you, uh, but I mean, if that's what floats your boat, it's it's fine with me. But but I think that uh, just getting out of the basement, you know, metaphorically, um, which I guess is a euphemism uh, for you know the fact that you're you're cloistered in a lot of ways with the people that you generally role play with, and so getting out to try something different, meeting people maybe you only play with once a year, and and, and as I say, just trying new things is. Is really the light bulb moment for me. Like I figured, why don't we have something like that around here? Surely it can't be that hard to organise. I was wrong in that respect, but um, 
that's it's worked out. That's awesome. Now let me let me ask you a little bit more about uh, where your passion sort of came from for RPGs. Uh, like when did when did you begin to play RPGs yourself? We love a good uh, origin well, story on the Nerd Network. That's yeah. Right. When when did you right, first right. get? Well, that? I've got a couple of I've got a couple of good uh, I've got a couple of good uh, stories in there for you. So, I um the uh, first role well the true origin story um, is that uh, when I was at school, obviously you can tell by my accent I'm I'm not uh, Canadian. I'm originally from England, and then I did most of my uh, growing up in, in New Zealand. And you guys have it. It's called the Scholastic Book Club. But uh, when when I was at school, it's called the Lucky Book Club. And so what would happen is they would, you know, put out all the relatively new books. This is back in the days before there's such a thing as the internet. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd just you'd look through this amazing sort of sheet full of exciting looking books. And uh, one of the things that they had was the uh, the lucky grab bag. And the lucky grab bag was a uh, basically what would be a collection of the of books they had printed too many of. And they wanted to get rid of them in the lucky grab bag to make it sound exciting rather than here's the stuff we can't sell. <laughs> And uh, and so in the lucky grab bag, I, I I got a lucky grab bag one year, and one of the books in the lucky grab bag was called um, The Secret of Chimney Rock, The Mystery of Chimney Rock, sorry, which was a um, one of the early Packard Choose Your Own Adventure books, and yes. uh, you went into this haunted house and you uh, into this and you followed this cat around and so forth, and um, I managed to get out the first time without dying or without holding my fingers in the pages and double checking they're going to be okay. Um, and I was hooked. I was, I was hooked from that moment on, basically. And and the, the first sort of touch of um, of anything sort of stereotypically sort of Dungeons and Dragonsy uh, was the uh, uh, Warlock of Firetop Mountain, which is the first book in the fight in the fighting fantasy series. And uh, and I loved. I really liked playing that. And then I played various other ones. And my, the, did you guys play those? No. No, like, but none of the, none of the fighting fantasy. So for me, uh, my yeah. my role playing experience has been very short. Uh, it's right. only been in the last probably year. Been Not even doing this what six months. Yeah, uh, yeah, like even probably less. Well, but roughly around there. Uh, so six months. Yeah. So I I I uh, I had one chance with Ben Yendall, uh, yes. who runs the Hiding Way, yep. uh, and he showed me how to play. Uh, he basically went through the beginner game Star of Wars. The Edge of, yeah, the Star, Star Wars, Wars Edge of the Empire. Yeah. And then I decided, hey, I really like this. I think this is a lot of fun. And so I started uh, the same thing. Forcing I did the, people, I did the, you know. <laughs> with people I know, and then it just kind of grew. Right. Well, that, that's, yeah, well that's the way, right? Like if you if you find something that you like, it's uh, it's. Uh, it's not often you find something that clicks with you, right? And and Dungeons and Dragons is not an easy thing to sort of to, uh, or role playing games in general is not an an easy thing to uh, run into. And uh, I certainly found that like the first, so that my my first good good part of my origin story was the very first role playing game, like with dice and characters and stuff like that, that I played wasn't Dungeons and Dragons, like most most people's. My the first game that I played was a game called Traveler, which is a uh, the first sort of mainstream um, uh, space based role playing game. And uh, it was with one of my friend's uh, brothers. And uh, and I don't know, you guys maybe don't know Traveller, but uh, so I'll keep it brief. But one of the things about tr character generation in Traveller is that you can uh, make the make the 
your character stronger and stronger the longer you stay in character um, development. And unfortunately, one of the side effects of staying in for longer and longer is that you can die. So um, I, I was like, I, I'm ready to play. Let's play. No, no, you should go through a little bit more character development before you're going to get. No, no, I'm, I'm ready to play. No, just go. Okay. Just, all right. Or yeah, let's, the character's looking really good now. Maybe just one more. Maybe just go through. And I'm like, no, no, I just want to I just want to play. You know, can we play now? And she just go through one more time. And, and so obviously I went through one more time. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You've died. That was the uh, that was my that was my first. So my character, my very first role playing game was was not even playing. I got to roll up a, a character who died during character creation. Um, <laughs> so so that was the end of role playing for me. Um, and then I went back to fighting fantasy books. And then fortunately, sometime after that, I bumped into another guy who had the uh, the red box Dungeons and Dragons. This would have been about 1983, I think, something like that. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is great. This is the best the best thing ever. It was like giant rats all around the place. And there was pictures of dragons, although there's no dragons in the basic set. And so I took my I, – I managed to borrow one of these books because I was from a relatively small town in New Zealand, and they certainly didn't have Dungeons & Dragons books on the shelves. Even the, the, the next sort of biggest city didn't didn't have them. And uh, I so I got a hold of one of these books, um, and my mum worked at the school. Uh, that I that I went to and I said, your mum, can you take this? Because the, they just got a photocopy. I'm like, you know, just use that that photograph copy machine, you know, um, and maybe you could photocopy this for me. Then have this book, and then I could read it myself. And so she took it to the uh, took it to the school, and uh, the secretary, um, she said to the secretary, can you maybe just photocopy this for my son? I can read once to do it. And and the secretary took what took one look at it and said, no, I don't want anything to do with that. That's the work of the devil. I will not have anything to do with it. And you will not use the photocopier to photocopy that evil book. She was a, a very religious woman, and uh, she'd been part of the, the moral panic associated with Dungeons and Dragons. Yep, so my mum had to go back after she left for the day. And so, yeah, so I sort of grew up with role-playing at a time when even in the back, sort of more people knew about how evil Dungeons and Dragons was than it actually heard of Dungeons and Dragons. So um, in a way, if I'd wanted to talk about it, I should have gone to church perhaps, but... Um, but yeah, that that was those are my two sort of origin stories with Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons and role playing, uh, role playing in general. That's awesome. So in all in all the years and all the different games that you have been playing, do you have a particular game or even a particular campaign that stands out as to this day one of your favorites? Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of stories. Uh, the my first, um, well, I mean, I'd be remiss to say that my, my own games are my favorite. Uh, uh, would be remiss of me not to say that my own games are my favorites, but let's put those aside for now. Um, my, the very first game that I re that I played that sort of was more in the vein of, of the sort of role-playing games that I enjoy playing, like uh, my personal theory is that there are sort of two sort of streams of, of role-playing games. You've got uh, people that enjoy role-playing games for the, for the game aspect of it, and you've got people that like role-playing games for the role-playing aspect of it. Now, most of them will will combine those two to greater or, or lesser extents. And uh, for those who are interested, it's an interesting article uh, written by Gary Gygax about how he, he people often quote as saying he doesn't like Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, so role-playing in Dungeons and Dragons. It's a little bit more nuanced than that, but he was definitely in the, it's a game with some role-playing in it as opposed to being role-playing with a certain game aspect. But up until about 1990, before the early days of the uh, World of Darkness, this is a Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, I hadn't really played any games where the emphasis was on character or on role-playing in general. Um, it's something that I always enjoyed, but not something that I had a chance to play. So uh, I was a member of the university uh, role-playing club and 
and for whatever reason, the game that I was in fell apart and a, a mysterious fellow by the name of Chris Bailey, who uh, there's an interview with if you if you want to listen to a podcast that I did with him and he, where we sort of talk about it. But um, he, uh, a mysterious chap showed up, like he must have been 30 when I was 20 or something like that. And uh, and he said, Jimmy, want to play Mage? And I'm like, uh, sure. I don't have anything else, you know, any other games on at the moment. So sure, I'll play that. But, um, and so we played Mage, and for anybody that's familiar with White Wolf, um, there's a lot of emphasis on uh, character development at the start. So your character creation is a lot of effort goes into backstory and, and so on and so forth. So a lot of the story itself came from hooks that are associated with the development of the character, as opposed to being external to the character, and you just had to kind of dig in with And I think, at least for me, then that was a that was a, to, to use the phrase you used earlier on, that was a light bulb moment for me in terms of like, we can actually play a game where it's about the story of the character rather than being a story that the character interacts with. So that, there was that. And then the, probably the best four hours of role playing, if I was to you know, condense into that, was a game of, um, played by the name of uh, Witch, The Road to Lindisfarne, which is a, a role playing game where there's no, there's no dice at all. Um, and you sort of frame scenes based upon this. Uh, there's a witch that's been found in London and just to be taken to Lindisfarne Island, which is on the east coast of uh, England, the north of England. And there are various uh, stops along the way that you make that have role-playing elements uh, to it, and you, you play that out. And I, was, and I think that probably uh, the main ingredient for a successful role-playing game is the people. And I was fortunate to be playing with a whole... Uh, with a group of good people, sort of like role-playing designers and, and so And uh, it was just one of those that came together well and it, and it was a really immersive experience. And I think that um, when you can, when the scenery and the dice and the, and the bits of paper and stuff fall away and you, you get a chance to initially inhabit the character through, you know, from what you bring to it, but also in the way that the game is, is set up by the people that write it, I think that's, that's really where, for me, where, where role-playing um, where, where role playing is, is, is at anyway. Like, I, I don't take a lot of in, enjoyment from, like, a, and, and then I rolled another 20. You know, that, that, that's the sort of thing that, that, that sticks with me. I think that um, when you look back on those things, uh, the memories that you create when you're role-playing are just as real as any other memories that, that you have. I mean, you are aware of the fact that they are, um, that that it happened in something that wasn't real, but I think that you'd be hard pressed to distinguish the difference between a memory of something that you did in a role playing game and a memory of something that you did in reality, because ultimately those memories, unless you're blessed or, or cursed with perfect autobiographical memory, those memories are just a, a, an accumulation of emotions or or specific moments or feelings that that you had at the time, and uh, if if you're fortunate enough to play in some situations, memories are as, as real and enduring as, um, as any memories that you make quote unquote in real life. Okay. I, I, I completely agree with that. Like, I mean, when you play any kind of role-playing game, I think that's the, the biggest draw, even for myself is that you get really invested in a, your character and what it's doing. And, and those, the stories that you kind of come out with at the end is, is, just as important as any other story that you come up with or, or any, mm. anything that you do, even in real life. Like to me, that's it's sort of the same thing. Um, I did want to mention that we do have a, a, a chat function 
uh, which is actually being used at the moment. Uh, and Ben Yendall is actually watching at the moment. And he, said, <laughs> uh, and he said that uh, the Fighting Fantasy uh, is a great series. Uh, he also said that it is nine months that I've been playing RPGs. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Because <laughs> it was, it was at the end of January. At the end of January is when I, I did the, the game with him. Your first right. game with Ben? Yeah. What's the best yeah. book, Ben? It'll take him a while to get through there. Well, the best book is, I mean, if he does, he answers anything other than City of Thieves, uh, then he's wrong. <laughs> so I'll, just, I'll just say that. I will accept Forest of Doom um, as an okay uh, second, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to go past um, the City of Thieves. Some people think the Death Trap Dungeon is the best, but they are, in fact, wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, so, while we're, well, yeah, no, while we're waiting for Ben's reply, I wanted to ask about when not necessarily the switch over but when the duality started happening of i've been playing these and these are really great and i love the stories i think i can come up with some of my own stories when did that when did the words writing as well as playing start to happen uh well i th i think that um that would be i can actually pinpoint it um, to basically to the year, I would say it would be late 1994. And the reason that I say that was because I had a, well, I mean, I still have, but I don't see him anywhere near as much as I'd like to. A friend of mine by the name of Mason Ma, who was um, big into films at the time, but also into role-playing games. And uh, around about, anybody that sort of knows a little bit about cinema history will know that 1994, 1995 was, I mean, I would say arguably the best two, if you want to go to 1996, like the best two or three years of uh, cinema, probably of modern cinema. I think you'd be hard pressed to find any time that was better. Like, for example, the uh, the Academy Award for 1995 was being contested between Quiz Show, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, and uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Um, so, all of all four of which uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to to say that any of those four don't deserve to be in anybody's anybody's top ten list of, of great films. Um, for the record, Forrest Gump won, which it shouldn't have. Shawshank Redemption should have won. But um, anyway, so but at around about that time, we hoped there were a lot of really great films coming out. Like Seven came out around then, and and obviously there was Reservoir Dogs, and 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 and, mm -hmm. and so we went to those films, and we're like, well, there's no, there's there's nothing like that. We can't play any of those games. Like like as soon as you, at least in uh, this, maybe people will disagree, but for me, I'm like, as soon as I pick up the dice, I'm already. I'm already not interested. I'm already like, okay, now I'm going to pick up these dice. I'm going to roll them down there. I'm going to take a look at them. I'm going to add up, see what all these things come to. And now I've got a, what's the, and, and by that stage, I'm already, I'm already not, I'm already not, not in the game, which is, says more about me than it does about any type of, any type of system. But so I wrote a game called uh, Faith, which was uh, based upon a, a group of guys, uh, a group of thugs, I suppose, criminals, career criminals who find themselves in a, town of Faith, North Dakota on New Year's Eve, 1999. Um, and the story plays out, the story plays out from there. And, and, and it was a, it was a story game, I guess. Um, and there were no dice involved. Uh, there would be occasionally might be a rock, paper, scissors, but, um, and that was, and, and that was the first game that I wrote. I didn't, I didn't know it at the time that I'd written a game, but that was, that was sort of what, it, uh, that was sort of what happened. And then and subsequently, um, I, 
around, around about then I moved to the north of New Zealand where I did some teaching, but didn't have a role-playing group. And then I came to Canada. I didn't really, um, hadn't really connected with anybody because it's like people are in their basements and not looking to, to hook up with anybody role-playing wise. And uh, then NaNoWriMo in 2010, no, 2009 came around. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to write a role-playing game and see, you know, see what I think about role-playing games in general when I do it. So that was when I wrote Victoria. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't think that I wrote a game because I was extremely dissatisfied with what was with what was out there. I just wrote one because I figured that that's what I needed to do. It didn't occur to me that at the time I was taking on a big job, which I think is probably the the best best advice that you could give to someone, right? Just like, just, just do it. Like, don't worry about, you know, don't worry about uh, whether it's going to be good. Don't worry about uh, whether people are going to want to play it. Just just write it because you want to write it and, and see what happens. Right? And I think that um, there's a tremendous amount of, I mean, even if nobody ever plays it, which seems unlikely, but no, if nobody even uh, plays it, you know, you'll, you'll know more about what you think about role-playing just by, by doing it. And there's, you know, there's all kinds of reasons not to do something, but I think that you should, if you're interested in doing it, just, just do it. Write yourself any type of game. Rewrite mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. It's a good place to start. Uh, so Ben has uh, replied. He said he had a lot of fun in Grimm. Uh, anyways, uh, so you were saying like your your whole advice is just do it. Uh, we just had a, a podcast. Uh, sort of a, at the Edmonton Expo where we what? like we were just talking about like you know podcasting in Edmonton nerdcasting for the for for out for people out there uh, and hmm. and a lot of the things that I, I like to say to people when they when they're talking to me about like how they want to start a podcast or whatever they want to do I just say just go and and basically do it like just if you yes. want to do it go and do it like we like, don't be too worried about the the end result. You're not going to be. Yeah. It's not going to be the greatest thing in the in the world right at the beginning. My, I can tell you, when we first started the show, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world. But we improved. We're on still it, right? a work in progress. You can see from the from the way this this podcast started today, we're still working on it. <laughs> but that's it's just part it. of the fun, though, right? It's part of the fun, and it and it's one of those things where it, when I when I talk about. Uh, podcasting for myself is I enjoy doing it. I, I enjoy talking to people and meeting people like yourself. And that's, that's the, the excitement I get out of it. And there's a reason why I do it. I do it for me. Yeah. And that's it. Like if, if nobody ever, like people listen to this, I'm just, but if nobody ever did, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still having fun. Yeah. And that's, that's all that matters. In the really, end. It really is. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, I never look at the numbers of the people no. that are listening to the podcast because because it's not going to affect whether you do it or not. Like if you're doing it because you want people to look like, obviously everybody with, has a little bit of ego, right? And they'd like it if lots of people watch it. But if your primary goal is to do it so that there are lots of people listening, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Right? You should exactly. do something you're interested in. And, and you know, it's a, almost like a field of dreams type scenario, right? Um, you know, if you, if you, if you make it, it, then they'll come, right? Like you, you've got to give people a chance to, to discover it and you know maybe you're only talking to three people but maybe for those three people you're the greatest thing since sliced bread right? yeah and, and, and that's so, all that that's matters enough. yeah so anyways that that is uh that's awesome so let me let me talk to you a little bit more about intrigue con itself yes. 
yes. and and sort of the the role it plays in Edmonton. Uh, so right. why do you think that Edmonton needs an RPG convention? Uh, well, first of all, um, I think that Edmonton needs a role playing convention for the reasons that I mentioned before, which is it, it's hard to it's hard to meet people. But I think that also uh, Edmonton needs a role playing convention because to go to a role playing convention, you've got to go a long way. If you're fortunate enough to live in Los Angeles or in Chicago or something like that, you know you you can go to a role playing convention for a relatively minimal cost. But if you want to go to a decent sized role playing convention with some variety, and you live in Edmonton you're going to be in the hole for at least a couple of thousand bucks minimum minimum right mm -hmm. uh, so that's a plane ticket and a hotel room for for a few days plus food and, and so on and so forth so i think that to get that experience of trying new things and 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 meeting different people and just having an event that's dedicated to like where you can say uh, talk about your favorite character or you can you can talk about your best game or you can talk about stuff with 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 people is pretty it's a pretty I think it's a pretty special sort of an environment to find yourself in because anybody that's into role playing and has had to try and explain it to somebody um, or to, like you sort of start talking to them about it and then they're sort of like going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And in your back of your mind, you're going, you have got no idea what I'm talking about, right? Not only, not only, do, you, not only do you not know, but you probably only connection with this maybe Dungeons and Dragons and you're thinking, and they're thinking, oh, well, this is just some person who probably should, you know, get out more. Like they're just people that don't have girlfriends and they don't, you know, like which basement which dwellers. Is kind of, well, well, exactly, right? Yep. But I mean, but when people have only got a certain frame of reference, so so you know, if you're gonna if you want to talk to people about role playing, I strongly recommend you come up with a uh, with a great elevator pitch for what role playing is. Like just uh, get just don't don't tell them what it is, just do it. So okay, just imagine you're a princess, right? And that, that's a great way to a great way to, to start. But go back to your question. It's important because um, you can experience some camaraderie with like-minded people, which I think is important for any hobby. Yes. Now, let me ask you uh, a little bit more about uh, sort of what kind of, what games do you have slated uh, to be playing right. at, at Intrigue? Well, I, uh, I've got Witch the Road to Lindisfarne, which uh, which I'm not running this year. I did run it last year, but uh, the different chap is, is running it this year. But we skew towards um, the, I wouldn't go so far as say more obscure games, but um, we we tend to have games which are not so much mainstream. So we've got some Call of Cthulhu, which I guess is fairly mainstream, but we've got some Apocalypse World type stuff, um, running a couple of games in Mouse Guard. Um, I cracked open my old uh, my old box of Ghostbusters International, which is like a 30-year-old role-playing game. Um, we've got um, a couple of homebrew games. We've got all kinds of all kinds of different games there. But yeah, so if you're looking to just play Dungeons and Dragons, then um, there'll probably be a couple more sessions of those going up. But we've got Ben, who's running some Star Wars, very, very popular. Yep. Um, We've got we we run the gamut. We've got a game about um, Russian women, uh, Russian uh, uh, fighter pilots for World War Two. Uh, we've got a game about, um, like I say, about monster hunters. We've got games where you play the monster. We've got games about uh, heroic mice. We've got uh, we've got some battle tech there this year. We've got some robot fighting. Um, with you, you name it, we've we've probably got. All, all the bases covered. And, and if your usual thing is sword and sorcery, 
then uh, come out and give something else, give something uh, else a try. Yeah. See, I've I'm mostly been playing Star Wars. Yeah. Now I'm trying to convince Trina to let me go uh, this weekend. It's not necessarily. It's next weekend. Sorry. Next weekend. Yeah. Trying to let her uh, let me go, uh, at least for a little bit of it. And I'd I'd like to try some new games. What are some of your suggestions on what games I should be playing? Uh, well, I think that Call of Cthulhu is a really good is a really good role playing game, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I think that Call of Cthulhu is probably uh, the greatest role playing game um, ever written. But but significantly, here's why: um, the mechanics are not really uh, are not really that important, and just in my my. Uh, feeling this is the greatest game. The reason I think Call of Cthulhu is the greatest game is because the, the joke with Call of Cthulhu is that when you play it, you'll go mad or die or both, right? That's for your character. Um, and and people sort of sort of skew towards that in the game. They think, oh, I'm just going to, my character's going to be disposable and, and so on and so forth. And while that's partially true, I don't, I, I don't, I think that sells what's fundamentally great about the game a little short. What's great about the game can best, I think, be encapsulated in a sort of, uh, a, a, a sort of a fairy tale, if you like. So in Call of Cthulhu, in most role-playing games, um, there's if you, there's a, a Dutch uh, fairy. It's actually not a Dutch fairy tale, but it's it's always slated as being a Dutch fairy tale with a boy with his finger in the dike, mm. right? And the boy with the finger in the dike is on his way to school or something like that, and the water starts leaking out of a hole in the dike, and so the boy puts his finger in the dike uh, to stop the water coming out, and he, and he saves the day, right? Mm-hmm. Now the analogy that's not, not written by me, but written by, by somebody associated with the game, is that Call of Cthulhu was like the little little Dutch boy. He goes ahead and puts his finger in the dike, but uh, when he puts his finger in the dike, on the other side of the, the dike, uh, there's a shark, and the shark bites his finger off, and so he has to put another finger in the dike, and the shark bites that finger off as well, and then he's got no fingers left, and so he puts his arm in, and then his elbow, and then he has to place his whole body in there to stop the water coming through and killing all the villagers. And Call of Cthulhu is like that. Uh, you're playing a character who is fighting a battle that they are always going to lose, but for the greater good. And so really, and I think that this is the best thing about role-playing games is that, that when you're playing a role-playing game, you should always just do the most interesting, the do always do the most interesting thing. And so, so playing a game like Call of Cthulhu is, uh, I think is, is really, is great because it helps you to view your character as, an important piece of the game rather than just uh, some interacting with something in the game. And by taking on that responsibility, I suppose, with your character of actually being somebody who's fighting these unknowable, unkillable, unwinnable battles for the greater good, um, I think that in a way it's, it's a noble sort of thing to do. And I think that by accepting that your character has a fate, it really, you know, creates the most interesting sort of role-playing experiences. And I know, and I'm fortunate enough not to have suffered uh, with with cancer or any terminal sort of disease. But I know that that one of the the stages of, of dealing with this type of thing, and speaking with people who have gone through it, is um, is accept that feeling of acceptance, and then from there, just trying to do the most interesting and best things that you can with with what what time you have left. Now, I'm not suggesting that a role-playing game is on a par with that, but I think that there's a certain element of truth to um, the idea that um, in, a, 
in a, in a role-playing game, you know, you should just try and do the most interesting thing that you can and accept the fact that, that maybe things aren't going to work out. Don't be so precious with your, your characters that you, you miss out on those opportunities just because you want to get the extra XP or you want to get the goal or you want to, quote-unquote, win the game. And I think that Call of Cthulhu, really, if you, if you really buy into it wholeheartedly, I think that, that really sort of teaches you that the most interesting thing is not necessarily going to be the thing that works out best for your for your character. So my my I would suggest that you try and play Call of Cthulhu. Awesome. Okay, I will. Uh, I will try to let my my wife let me go. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to convince should, her a little more. Dan, you should sweeten the pot. You should tell her to shuffle the kids off on her mom, and you can both go. <laughs> well, I think we have some dinners that weekend. Uh, so I don't well. It'll it'll take some extra sweet talking, but I think I think she's she's this close. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, aside from that, I I gotta ask you again, uh, where and what time uh, is all this happening? Okay, well, uh, if you want to if you want to find out that and you've got a short memory, then you can go to intriguecon.com. But it starts the doors open at six o'clock on Friday, October the fourteenth. So this is the weekend after Thanksgiving. And then we'll there's a there's a session that runs from then until midnightish or you know when whenever people trolley off. Then we've got a full slate on Saturday running from about ten o'clock in the morning till sometime around midnight. And then on Sunday we play some games as well. Like uh, we get uh, we've got a pretty full schedule on on Sunday as well. And we don't uh, we don't tend to have a hard stop time on the games on Sunday. So people might play a game that's five or six or seven hours long. There's a chap by the name of Adam Waldron Blaine who uh, runs this great game called Stabminton, which is a old school Dungeons and Dragons type scenario. And that just sort of, that runs sort of basically for the duration of the, of the con. There's a long game of that that people tend to filter into as the day goes by on Sunday as well. So um, October the 14th, Friday, come along about six o'clock and then you'll be entertained. It's like I say, it's 30 bucks for the, for the weekend. And it just covers the convention just covers hiring the the venue, the insurance, the tea and coffee, the badges and lanyards, and all the little things that go along with it. So, really, you know, it's not you're not attending an event; you're really making an event. And mm-hmm. I think that, as I said before, you know, it's just an important thing for for Edmonton and come out and come out and and support it. Meet some people that feel the same way as you do, and and uh, and try something new. And I I think uh, one of the the main things, even for just as the, the Northerner Network's uh, sort of model kind of goes, is that we are really about building community. And this whole yeah. event is a lot about that. And that's, 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 about, yeah. that's sort of what kind of draw, drew me to this event in the first place. I think this yeah. is a great thing to happen. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think that if you're watching this or listening to this, that you should go or at least check it out and or play a role-playing game because they are a lot of fun oh, yeah. um and for many years i i and and i i find the last little while that a lot more people are talking about it uh a lot yes. more people are open to uh playing some new yeah. uh rpgs or or dungeons and dragons whatever yeah. uh but i think a lot of things yeah so i think a lot more people are open to this yeah. and i and i i would love to see this grow because i think this is an amazing yeah, amazing we would, thing. Yeah, for sure uh, so that's pretty much all the all the time we have for right. tonight. Uh, but before we leave, I'd like to mention a couple uh, events that are happening. Obviously, Intrigue Con is coming up here right on October 14th to 16th. 
Uh, but we got the the pop culture fair as well that's happening that weekend. It's on October 16th, uh, and that runs from 10 to 4 at the Alberta Aviation Museum. Uh, and we got a few other little things like Dead Fest uh, that is happening, and that is happening like sort of all uh, October 18, 19, 20, all the way to 23, I think, the 23rd. Uh, and that is like uh, sort of a... Uh, I don't know how to explain. I think it's a film festival sort of thing that's happening. Uh, so that's that. And then you can also check out Game A Lot. Game A Lot is a board game uh, convention that's happening. And that's like the, the weekend after uh, Intrigue Con. Yep, yep. Uh, and that is on the 22nd and 23rd. Sorry, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Uh, and that is going to be a lot of fun. And then we have Extra Life. Now, Extra yeah. Life is happening on November 5th. I know there's there's some exciting news that is happening. Uh, I don't sure if they've announced it yet or not, so I won't say anything. Uh, but be excited because Extra Life is going to be awesome. And I may actually change my plans to actually go and attend because of the, 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 the venue and all the stuff that they got going on there. I may actually go again to that. So uh, we were planning on maybe possibly doing uh an extra life at at, my, at home here trina thinks that's a terrible idea so she wants to kick me out anyways <laughs> uh so but aside from that the the venue and all the stuff that they kind of got going on for this year's extra life it sounds super exciting uh and so i'm kind of curious on like maybe i, I really want to check this out so yes uh november 5th uh to the 6th is extra life and it's gonna be awesome and we are gonna have our whole uh, like uh fundraising thing going on in the next little while so stay tuned to that and that is pretty much about it uh i want to thank daniel thank you so much for coming thank on the show tonight thank you for having me had a great time where can our watchers and listeners find that info dan like if they want to see our calendar where can they go and find that uh oh. for intrigue they can just they can go to intriguecon.com. Intriguecon and and for the event calendar. Uh, oh. The event calendar is uh, well. If you go to Intriguecon, there's a schedule. You just click the schedule button, and you can find all of the the what what time the games are on and what games there are uh, what games are available there. Awesome. And our our event calendar is at northernernetwork.com. Uh, click on events. If you're more of a Facebook person, you can just do a search for Intriguecon, um, and you'll find we've got a couple of groups there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And that is it. Uh, thanks, Chelsea. We did it. We made it through. 53. Yay. That is 53 for us. <laughs> Episode 53. Woo! Yes. Uh, well done. Thank you uh, for uh, coming on. And thank you guys for listening or watching uh, this uh, edition of the Nerdcast. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.